Welcome to Hiraith, a home for the left in Wales. Okay, we're following on from our interview with Tony Accinazzi, Anna McMorrin and Mike Hedges. We're going to do a little bit of a post-match with Richard Martin here and Kerry Davis. So, so guys, what were your main takeaways from that interview? Um, I, I thought it was very much they followed clear party lines, the discussions about uh, Keir's position, his role, his leadership, where Mark's going to go, very much straight down the middle, what you'd expect. I think their points around where we are currently, the lens of the pandemic is really obscuring all the main issues. So what can we really take for next year? I think is very, very difficult. I think Mike was the one who really scratched the surface and looked at perhaps some of the kind of key points next year, health in Wales, Betsy is going to be a sore, I think, for Labour. Uh, I think some of the bigger issues, we just don't know where they're going to go. Where will CV19 be? Where will Brexit be? What's our economy going to be like? And then finishing up, looking at, you know, what will be success on the night. They're very much going for that, still that big win overall majority. And the polling which we're seeing and we talked about, it's just not there at the moment. Mike, at the beginning of the interview, actually seemed to, you know, confirm all all Labour strategies worst fear that he actually thinks we're still going backwards. But at the end of the interview, we're still saying that the only marker of success would be 31 seats. What do you think about that? I suspect that the answer is that um, that Mike isn't a massive optimist. Uh, I think that's probably the the, the first uh, thing to note on that. I think you can you can understand it. If you're looking at the polls right now, the polls suggest that things are still very strong for the Conservative Party. And like it or not, that is the main opposition for Labour in Wales. You know, the long-standing enmity uh, between Ply Cymru and the Labour Party isn't the real political divide in Wales. It's always been, or at least for the last 100 years, it's been between the Conservatives and the Labour Party. And when the Conservatives are strong, the Labour Party struggles. And when Labour is strong, the Conservative Party struggles. I think we, you know, nobody knows what will happen in six months' time. No one knows what will happen in six days' time, the way things are going at the moment. But I think you can see a very strong pattern that if Boris Johnson and co ride out the storm in Westminster right now, if and when the Senate 2021 election happens, if Boris is still strong and his government is still strong and the MPs in Wales, particularly the new MPs, are enjoying their first taste of success, I think they'll feel buoyant going into that. And whether Boris himself plays any part whatsoever, whether Paul Davis manages to um, build his profile or whether they manage to collaborate together, I think that if in that scenario, Labour will have a tough night because the Conservatives will be strong. It's all about that kind of UK-wide momentum. As you'll know from the uh, piece that I wrote for Hiraith a little while ago, I actually think that Keir Starmer is a tremendous leader for Wales. I think that if they could utilise him and the assets that he brings to the Labour Party, the British Labour Party in Wales, effectively, I think that they could do really well. And I think particularly now that in terrible circumstances that they are, Brexit is largely a distant memory for most people. I think that will help as well. Um, so... The prevailing winds, I think, will be ultimately the deciding factor about whether the Conservatives are able to make a real attack uh, in the Senate election and win 20 plus seats, 20, you know, if they were able to get 21, 23 seats, I think that would make a very tough night for the Labour Party. Um, And uh, I'm not actually sure whether there's much that the Welsh Labour Party can do to change that momentum if that's just the, the situation that we find ourselves in they talked in the interview but all, all three of them talked in the interview how they expect mark to be the 
to the front of the campaign next year. And obviously because of the, you know, we're recording this on the day that Dominic Cummings gave his address from the back garden of Downing Street. There's a, a feeling that maybe the tide is turning against the Tories, but you'd still imagine that Boris, unless something disastrous, disastrous happens, is relatively popular. I mean, in the, in the, most, late, in the most recent Welsh polling, he's still the most popular politician in Wales. You'd expect him to play quite a significant part in the Tory campaign. Kerry, do you think that it would be unwise for Labour to use Keir? I think where we are at the moment, I think Anna said in the interview, I think Keir stands head and shoulders above what's gone before. Whether that's right or wrong, but just the way he's going to be perceived and how the media are going to work with him. It's a different breed of leadership. Um, I, I think that will play well in Wales. I, th I think, But it's that early days. I still think, I disagree with Richard, I think Brexit being a dim and distant memory. I think come the end of this year, the problems which might happen, who's going to be blamed for those, what the narrative from the parties are going to say as we, as we look to leave, I think that's going to play heavily. I, I think the 2019 election was, was won on that, that slogan, the Dominic Cummings slogan, get Brexit done. And if it's still not done or if there's problems and fallout leading up to it, I, I still think Labour in a difficult position there because Wales, I think, Labour Wales still very much sympathetic towards Brexit. The Labour Party in Wales isn't. I understand, I understand your thinking there, Kerry. And, and it's absolutely tr the case that if the UK government continues to pursue its strategy of brinkmanship with the European Union over a trade deal, and we leave the transition period at the end of this uh, calendar year, and there is nothing, and we get you know, the effects, the recession of coronavirus, and some massive economic hit from the end of transition without a trade deal in place, I think that is, it's very possible that, that creates the conditions that the public think the Conservative Party doesn't know what it's doing, or the Conservative Party is steering this ship badly. You're absolutely right. Um, I agree on that front, but I don't think it's wise for any party to go into the Senev 2021 election talking about Brexit, because I think, perhaps rightly so, that that issue has been put to bed. The in-out issue, the trade issue, absolutely a major issue, but nobody wants to talk about Brexit. Uh, and if anybody brought it up on the doorstep when people are out uh, campaigning, and if any party put it in its election material, I think I'd be very surprised. I think what, I, what I'm trying to say is I think that's still an issue which hasn't gone away and the rest of this year it's still going to be there and it may well be put to bed come the 31st of December but if it's not and it is still in that public conscious it is going to be an issue to play with. I think we're unfortunate in but we're talking about things now where the future has never been so unclear because one of the things I would have liked one of the three to have spoken about today was the change the pandemic might be able to bring to society. You know, Mark has said he's open to looking at UBI in Wales, Cardiff, a trial. Nobody mentioned that. There's the, there's the other things about um, how we can use technology more, travel. You know, none of the kind of things which are beginning to emerge in the discussions around the pandemic really came up today. And I think those are going to emerge. I think the economy... Whatever happens now going forward, the economy is going to be in a really bad place for the next year. And some of the big industries which we rely on, Wales, rely on in Wales, 
such as the motor industry and aerospace are going to be really badly hit and those are going to play out in next uh, next spring's election as well when you talked about continuity and Mike talked about essentially uh, Drakeford being continuity Carwin, and in many ways Carwin was continuity Trodgery. I think the sort of subtext of that is that we shouldn't expect any significant change um, from you know, the Labour Party in Wales in the Senate now uh, and next year. I know that it's almost become a meme to talk about radicalism and maybe the absence of radicalism, but I think continuity is possibly one of the ways that you should describe um, Welsh Labour since in the era of devolution. You know, they have been largely on the social democratic side of things. And the idea of them making a hugely radical intervention, be it trying to pursue uh, UBI or something similar, although they've said they'd be willing to participate in a trial of it, they're not going to campaign on that themselves they'll campaign on continuity which has proved so far to be quite a winning formula for them and i don't i don't see any indication that that's going to change even in in spite of the problems presented by brexit the problems related to coronavirus and indeed some of the domestic problems the delivery of basic healthcare was in crisis in north wales and elsewhere in wales before coronavirus um and I think it's a case of just trying to sort of continue the, the ship in the direction of travel, albeit with some adjustments. I mean, the last, the last set of elections, or the set of elections as they were then in, in 2016, the message of Welsh Labour and that was delivery. Yeah. We've delivered on our promises. You know, the good, good areas of delivery, but we gave you very straightforward areas of delivery, things that people know and trust us to deliver on and to implement. Mm. And in 2016, the message was, we deliver on our promises. I, I think that will be, it's a sensible point to make, you know, especially when you've been in government for as long as Welsh Labour have. You know, we don't overpromise. We, we say what we want to do and we do it. I think that's key, is the case that they, they, the reason why they don't take on board a lot of the kind of uh, policy platform that Corbyn was standing on uh, in England is because those promises were really difficult to deliver or possibly many of them not even deliverable and in having a moderate platform is pretty easy to deliver on and uh, you know it's been a winning formula i don't see why they would change that i mean the, the the question is when if if the seas are really choppy brexit seas coronavirus seas or if boris and the uk government are on a high whether that is a strong enough message. I, I, if I was a Labour campaigner, I would be worried that if you're in a very difficult environment, campaigning environment for the Labour Party in 2021, is your party in Wales agile enough to be able to respond to that with an exciting offer? Um, sure. The, the one thing I would say is that the Welsh Labour electoral machine is very good. You, you know, we, we did suffer some horrible... I know you said to me earlier that, yes, Labour did win in Wales. But to us, it was not a good night. We lost a lot of seats in, 20, in December. Uh, and it was just very disappointing. But at the same time, we kept hold of a lot of seats we shouldn't have kept hold of. Uh, on the strength of our campaigning and our ability to, to sell the party message again, and one of delivery, one of you can trust us to do what we say we're going to do. Whether the party is flexible enough, is, I, I don't necessarily think is, is here nor there. I think obviously the circumstances are going to 
drastically change in the next few months as as we head into the beginning of next year. We don't even think we we don't know when we're going to be out of uh, COVID nineteen. What anyone is going to be able to do, what the UK government, with all the economic levers available to them, what they're going to be able to do to solve uh, the COVID nineteen fallout. So it's difficult to say what the Welsh Labour platform will be in a year's time. But the one thing is for certain is if they can get out on the door, they'll do that and they'll do that as well as anybody can. Mm. So, so I, I understand that the the three um, guests that we had on the previous show were, as as Kerry said, towing the party line and talking about what would be a good night for the Labour Party in 2021. Um, saying that you know they would be aiming to be a majority, 30, 31 seats. I understand why they would say that uh, it, it, it represents an ambition, certainly. But aiming that high would leave them open to the accusation that falling short of that would be, you know, a failure or not a success. It would seem more realistic to suggest that the Labour Party would be aiming for between 25 and 28 seats. Does that sound about right? So, in, again, in 2016, uh, I, I remember it well. I was, in 2016, I was asked, how many seats do you think we'll win? Uh, and I said, 29 or 30. And the whole room laughed at me. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily where we'll end up again. There are, you know, circumstances completely beyond our control. I think a lot more people now know about devolution because of the uh, high profile nature of the lockdown in Wales. I think the turnout will be higher in next year's election. So it's a bit, you know, and, and you've got the extra factor that 16 and 17 year olds are going to be able to vote for the first time where they haven't been able to previously as well. So, you know, there's a fair chunk, I think, of a new electorate will be there. So it's very difficult to say. Um, and, and yeah, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to tell a party line, but if, if, if you're in a position where we can be a dominant partner in a coalition agreement, or like we've done now, be able to govern, say, with a Liberal Democrat or a Green if they're elected or something like that, I think that would be good. You know, I'm not, although it, I don't think it's necessarily desirable, I don't think it's a good, it would be a, an anathema to be in a coalition with Clyde. We've done it before, but I don't know whether they'd be willing to, to do that. Looking at the polling, they, it doesn't look fantastic. But it, again, that is so subject to change. Mm, you you don't know. We've had polls in the last few weeks saying we'll end up on 20. We've had polls saying we'll end up on 28. So, Yeah, I think, it's, I think it is too soon. And I, I don't think it necessarily warrants the negativity that Mike was expressing um, in, you know, in looking at those polls. I think what we will have in the next Senedd is we won't have the same number of waifs and strays that can be picked up on an odds and ends basis i think is it possible that kirsty will retain her seat in brecon and radnor yes it's possible but you never know if if probable even yeah but it could even be that the conservatives really push hard on it because it would they would presumably see that as a target seat um uh, it's unlikely that the you know whatever the next Plaid group will be will splinter and give away you know gifts like David Ellis Thomas um, uh, to other parties. So I think you if if Labour do fall short of a workable um, number for governing for governing as a, a single party, I think they will probably look to do some kind of deal. 
probably with Ply Cymru, I imagine, more or less as they did, if you, if, you know, thinking all the way back to 2016 before they did do a, a, a basic budget, series of budget deals with Ply Cymru, and it seemed to work reasonably well. Whether it, you know, people would consider that success and whether Ply Cymru would welcome that is perhaps a, a different question. Maybe we'll ask them when we have the opportunity to speak to them. But I, I think the, the underlying question is what's, what the objective, you know, how aggressive is the Labour Party going to be as a Senate group next year? Uh, you know, if, if they get, will they try and go it alone and dare Ply Cymru to vote down their budget deals, vote down things, work with the Tories? Because that, you know, that's a possibility. You know, if, you, if there's wind in their sails, they might feel that they can work as a minority government. They really tried that, didn't they? Uh, when they uh, in the first vote to elect Cowan to be first minister in 2016, I I wonder as well. I mean, what what are the what are the seats, uh, the constituencies that are potentially? I, I don't see any particular weak links in the Labour constituency map right now. And and if they did lose a constituency, they'd pick up a regional uh, list without too much difficulty. Say again, sorry. It would depend where, obviously. Uh, yeah. Dehont is a cruel mistress in regards <laughs> to you'd have to keep your list seat vote high while simultaneously losing votes in a constituency. So, you know, you perhaps it's not necessarily a guarantee that you get the corresponding vote if people didn't vote for you in the constituency. Um, I mean, Mike alluded to it, North Wales. So it's going to be tricky, I think, but I think they can probably do it. We lost loads of those seats in December. Uh, not by, not only, by much, though. No, not by much. But again, like I said, the, the electorate is going to be a bit different, I think. You're going to have 16 and 17-year-olds who couldn't vote in December. You're going to have more people voting in a devolved election than have done so previously, I think. I'm going to echo well, Wales' leading sophologist, uh, uh, who has answered that question about 16 and 17 year olds a lot recently yeah. from what I can tell and he's generally Roger Scully um, Roger Wan Scully I should say of the opinion that that is not going to make a huge difference They're just in terms of the sheer numbers of 16 and 17 year olds there are in Wales expectation of how many of them will actually vote it's probably not going to make a huge difference uh, electorally um, Thinking about North Wales, I did notice that Ken Skates has been making more use of his Minister for North Wales title recently, and uh, Tony Antoniazzi made mention of the fact that he was working hard on the North Wales growth deal, was it? Um, how well is the Labour Party responding to those losses in North Wales? It seems never a good feeling to lose, us, to, to lose any seats. Never mm. at all. It, 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 it creates the impression that people have lost trust in you, and that's never a good thing. Um, what what uh, is the what was the thing that it, I mean? Was it Brexit that broke that relationship, or was it something else? You know, what, what, and and how can the party go about reconnecting? I, I, I personally think that the Labour Party could have probably dealt with the negative. Uh, I've you know, hands on the table, I've over Jeremy Corbyn twice. The, the whether the, the negativity or the negativity against him was was considerable in the door. So I think we could have probably dealt with the Brexit issue if we didn't have the Corbyn issue and vice versa. So in an election when Brexit is done, 
which again, like Kerry said, no idea to what impact that will be having by next year. And when Jeremy Corbyn is not the figurehead of your campaign, maybe you'll get a different result. Hmm. Is 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 Mark a good figurehead for a campaign though as well, Matt? Not having a go, but you know that there. Uh, in terms of the kind of image you need as a leader these days, you know, and he's he's handled uh, the pandemic well to an extent, but it's well in comparison to Westminster. I think there's going to be issues from the Welsh management of the pa pandemic. Which will play out next year. You're, you're testing, you're tracing. Mm. The stereophonics are going to be a, a, a regular feature should they have happened. So, you know, will Mark is has he got that charisma to be blunt to to front up and pull those sixteen and seventeen year old voters into Welsh Labour? I mean, I, I personally have a one of the reasons, many reasons I vote, I vote for Kia in the most recently, the Labour leadership election, UK leadership election, is because I think that after Brexit and after COVID, although we didn't know about COVID at the time, there will be, I think, uh, a desire for a calm port in the storm. Someone who people trust with the hand on the tiller. And I think that, yeah, uh, undoubtedly people will have criticisms of, of Mark, rightly or wrongly, during COVID, like they will of all the leaders across the world. He, he will give the impression that he's a good, calm hand on the tiller who knows what he's doing. And I don't know to what extent people will want that brash, charismatic leader. Not saying he's not charismatic. I'm not, you're not misquoting me there. But whether they'll want the Boris Johnson type leader. I, I don't mean that. I mean the Keir Starmer type leader, leader in Wales. Because Mark is not the Keir Starmer polish person that I think a lot of people are now attracted to Westminster Labour with with Kia rather than Jeremy? I don't know. I don't know to what extent the message that uh, Mark was Cardiff's Corbyn has got through, to be perfectly honest. I don't know. In the membership, everyone seems quite happy with him, but... I think, I think, I think we should do this again in six months, Rich. <laughs> I actually think Mark Drakeford's come out of coronavirus pandemic response with a lot of credit. Actually, I think he's really upped his game. I think the Welsh government have really upped their game. You know, you'd expect me to say this, from, but from a PR point of view, they've really transformed the way that they work and they've put him uh, up in places where he would never have been before. And he's come, he's come across unspectacular. He, he is not um, someone who uh, quickens pulses or, or thrills people with oratory. He is capable functional and mild-mannered and maybe this is the time for that kind of leader um it's certainly a, a strong contrast with johnson you know he's a man of substance and relatively little style against a man who is mostly style and relatively little substance and i think i think the worry that i would have if i was a labor uh, activist campaigning particularly in north wales is that you do need somebody who is going to be out there on the front foot. And for whatever reason, um, outside of um, political circles, Ken Skates doesn't have the kind of public profile that you might want from you know, one of your senior members of government. And there aren't many other members of the Welsh Cabinet who really have the kind of charisma and, quite frankly, joy of campaigning. 
that you might want if you are going to try and reconnect with those voters get out there and really you know bring them around your you know your cause or your flag or your party and i wonder i think if if the labor party can find that person be it from the senate group or be it from you know the plp um you know maybe they can bring people like nick thomas simmons frankly he'd give anybody a run for their money in terms of debate and campaigning maybe that's the way forward i think i i, I would just we didn't ask this of them but i do wonder how engage the plp the welsh um mps in the plp are going to be in the senate election if they are engaged i think that might be a really strong asset for welsh labor if they're not and they're distracted with other things because there will be many other things going on or quite frankly if the ones that are somewhat devo skeptic in the plp don't really want to get involved then i think that it, it makes the challenge for the Labour Party's campaigning machine a bit more difficult because who's who is Shadow Secretary of State for Wales now? Yeah, yes, again, I think, you know, in the past where you might have had somebody who is not who is not shy of campaigning and being on affronting media appearances, um, I uh, would suggest that the last time Labour had someone like that was Owen Smith when he was he was more than happy to um, use the platform of being Shadow Secretary of State for Wales to do other things. Paul Flynn, albeit briefly when he was there, he was happy to do what he could, but neither Nia nor Christina Reese are that kind of person. And you almost need somebody in that role to get out there and do a lot of the legwork for you because Labour will succeed when the Welsh Labour Party and the Seneth group work in tandem with the Labour group from Westminster. So I, I can't, obviously I can't comment on Nia's various times in the role but I know for a fact Chris Reese, when to her credit when during the general election in 2017 she visited every single Welsh constituency sure. and campaigned in every single Welsh constituency she was a very hard campaigner and I'm sure she yeah I'm sure the PLP will get back because obviously uh, a factor that we hadn't really weren't necessarily going to take into consideration this year or sorry next year but it now is a factor, is that all these devolved elections are going to be taking place on the same day next year. So there'll be the Scottish election, there'll be the London mayoral election, there'll be all the local elections too. So there will be an election feeling in England and Scotland mm. and Wales yes. that if the Labour Party in the UK is doing really well, mm. they feed into that too. And, and it's also Keir's first election cycle as leader, isn't it? And they will want to make sure that that's a real vindication of his leadership, you know, and him winning the leadership election. People will be motivated to go that extra mile for that reason. It also means that a lot of the Welsh subjects we've talked about today may very well be a very localised uh, campaign. London is going to dominate and Scotland, and if anything, it's going to be a Scottish independence campaign in all but name uh, and nothing you know despite the um ma massively increased profile of mark drakeford during this pandemic nothing is really substantively changing under you know, underneath um, um it should be interesting anyway uh, i i wonder if we might think about wrapping up thank you very much for everyone who has listened today again like we said at the beginning if you want to read any more about here I, please follow us on medium at here I blog Camry. Our Facebook is also Hereith Blog Cymru and Twitter at Hereith Blog. Thank you both 
for this evening. And again, once again, to Mike Hedges, Tony Antonazzi, and Anna McMorrin.